Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together and have a few laughs. Your hosts will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Wow. That's it, man. Game over. I don't remember there ever being Game a little, over, man. A little eek when that happened. It's all over, uh, man. It is. Excitement. It always no, it is not over. We have just begun. We have. It, man, that, I didn't know that you guys had me quoted in there with the, oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> welcome, 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 Dungeon Crawlers, one and all. For those of you that haven't joined us before, why not? Yeah, now is the perfect yeah. time. Yes. We have a great show tonight. We have author Alex Bloodsoe that will be coming on the show. This I, I can't even, I don't even know what number this is that he's returned to the show. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's starting he's to become a, a regular. A he, he is. He's almost, he's almost been here enough to be considered a host, which... By the way, <laughs> who are we? Who are we? Well, this is Revan. It's a guy named Joe. This is the great, mighty, and powerful Lord Flagoon. And this is Firebird. Ooh. Which sounded Joe. very not hyper. And uh, <laughs> Chris the Intern. And for those of you out in uh, Internet Radio Land that hear Chris the Intern talking, yes, he's in a cave again. Hello. I'm also working on the server. I'm actually trying to get some new things put in. Ooh. Ooh. And that's right. Our server is in a cave. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I it's do have the best cave. firewall. Yeah. Well, that's 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 why. <laughs> yeah. That and they're also they're very they're very uh um temperature neutral. Yep. So it it keeps them nice and cool. Yeah. And we have all the and we have all the flammable stuff we can ever want for defensive, you know, bat guano. Man, oh, what yeah. it doesn't do. It's great. It's great for cleaning walls too. It is. <laughs> yes. And it keeps people away. That's the best part. Who wants to go mucking through at least three inches of bat guano? Mm. I need something to drink. Guano? Obviously, Firebird's <laughs> not going there anytime soon. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I'm good. I'll call. So, with that, uh, as always, we're broadcasting live from the amazing and wonderful... Epic Puzzles and Games, located in West Valley City, Utah. Yep. And for those of you that don't know, if you're in the Utah Valley area, there is also one in Lehigh. So just let you know. Uh, so we will be at a upcoming event, actually next week at LTUE. Uh, it's the 13th, 14th, and 15th down in Provo. So Provo, Utah. Uh, we actually are sitting on six different panels about gaming, so show up. Yeah, if you want to ask us any questions you want to know about gaming that... You haven't asked us yet for our Gamer Forge. 
Well, and these are really good ones. Too. Oh yeah, we're I mean, we're on some awesome. There ones. is just one panel that uh, Joe is sitting on that is just devoted to why you should have a game a girl in your gaming group. So why you should have a gamer girl. Uh, and so that'll be interesting. Uh, I can't I can't remember all the other ones. I think there's one of character design or yeah, creation. Like, there's the perfect character. Per- uh, perfect gaming character. what's the point? Yeah, gaming um, what's the point? Gaming in the classroom. Yeah, gaming. That's the, I'm that looking forward. Sh- I'm looking forward to that yeah. one. And then uh, then uh, so, something along the lines of DMing. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be really good. And that's just the gaming ones that we're sitting on. There's several other gaming ones that they're doing. Plus. If you want to be a writer, whether that's a comic book writer, whether that's a novelist, whether that's a short story person, or anything like that, this is a great place to go. I mean, there are big-time name authors there that they yeah, have come in. I don't care what we're doing, yeah. but I'm sitting on the one that's talking about uh, character and uh, um, writing believable dialogue. No, I... Because I, I need yeah, to sit yeah, on that. No, uh, that's why... I kind of wanted us to be there all three days so that we can actually participate and sit in on some of these panels and mm-hmm. learn some, some stuff. As well as, of course, as always, build relationships with the amazing people that are always there. Oh, there are some awesome people there yeah. at, at uh, LTUE. So if you are in the Utah area and you are going to be around around Provo, you know, head to LTUE next week. It's a lot That's of fun. That's at the uh, uh, convention center? It's at the Provo Marriott. Provo, Provo Marriott. Marriott. Yep, Provo so, Marriott Convention. So check it out. Come on down. Remember it with Provolone. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to say it. Someone had to say it. <laughs> I like Provolone. It's yummy. Yeah, uh, yeah so check it out. There's going to be a lot of well-known authors there. Yep. So uh, plus, you know, if. Like I said, if you're one of those people that are struggling, you know, like Flagoon, struggling with dialogue, this is a great place to be. He can sit in on a class and have people that actually do this. And it's not like some professor that's never been published that just kind of drones on. These are people that, have actu- that are making money doing this. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's not their full-time job. And some of them are. But, you know, these are people that have actually been published and know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, That's a good thing. place you can go down and... Relax. I don't say relax. Yeah, you can kind of relax, but you can just you sit. You can sit down, and you can actually have a conversation with some of your favorite authors. Um, you know, like we said, um, you know, Larry, Larry Correa is going to be there. Uh, Paul Brandon is Sanders, usually there. Paul Brandon Jeanette. Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Brent, Brent Collins. Collins. Michael Brent Collins. Oh, he's so awesome. Remember, take your brown paper bag just in case you get super excited. Yeah. <laughs> calm down. You might need to yourself, but calm down. We will be just fine. <laughs> However, um, you know, we will have the equipment because we will be doing broadcasting next week's show from there live. Uh, but I also want to do a lot of video interviews because it's always better when you can see them. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll be doing a couple of those. So you can bring your, your iPad and that. And I'll, I'll try to wrestle it away from the child. I'll be bringing mine too. And we're going to try to get as much as we can and... Uh, just really start throwing those out when we go to cons and stuff like that. I want to try to do the video stuff yeah, so you guys can not only see us, but you can see what these, you know, these fine, amazing folks look like. So. Yep. Yes. Unless they choose to remain hidden underneath a paper bag. They could. They very much. <laughs> you know, I could see Michael Brent Collins doing that, like drawing <laughs> a frowny face and two eyes and putting that over his head and doing his entire interview that way, because he would just do that. Because that is how amazing he is. <laughs> Alrighty. 
So then we are just minutes away from talking to Alex Bledsoe. Yeah. Yay. I don't know why I'm singing it. But I don't know why you're not singing it. Because you are so merry that you must do it in a song. <laughs> you know what? I, I, think, I think we need to do that. I think we need to do a musical episode. All right. Oh, that would be so awesome. You go ahead and get, get um, writing on that. All right. All right. I'll sing so it when that entire write. episode will be brought to you by Flagoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll, 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 everybody's going to get a part. Everyone's going to be uh, in the show, in, in, in the episode. But we got to have everybody <laughs> sing. I mean, yeah, I know you're not that strong of a singer, Rev, but, you know, we could we could have you belt in something, or at least pretend to sing. <laughs> All right. And then we'll have Jonathan Taylor Thomas lip sync for you. Oh, nice. Yes. All right, and so uh, everyone I have out there on of... the internet, get your dialing fingers ready. Dial in at six two six two two six one four seven five if you want to ask Alex Bledsoe anything about his new book, He Drank and Saw the Spider. Or if you're not that close to a phone, or you don't really like the idea of hearing your voice via the interwebs, you can always send us an email at info dungeoncrawlersradio dot com. I am also uh, keeping an eye on our. Uh, Facebook page, and I believe uh, Revan is looking at our uh, Twitter page, which is DCR underscore show. Yes. I have everything. I'm trying to ma- do multiple things at once here. It's kind of crazy. Me too. <laughs> Revan, try to multitask? Never. You know, I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't quite going to say anything about that. <laughs> That was awesome. Okay. All right, so Alex is calling in. I'm going to hang up on him. Sorry, Alex. And then I'm going to add you to our call because for some reason the software is just crazy and doesn't accept everyone that way. All right, so let's bring Alex on into our amazing conversation. Are you there? I'm here. Welcome Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. I don't know if you were listening to the show just a few minutes ago, but it almost seems like you're now a host of the show. You've been back so many times. And you'd think I'd remember how we were supposed to do this, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we forget every week, too. My excuse, I do. My excuse is that my wife is out of town, and I got all three kids to myself. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. That's always fun. Yeah. What, what's, the, uh, what's the age range? Uh, youngest is two. Oldest is nine. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got a two-year-old, and they're a handful. Yes, they are. Huh. I've, always, I've always described that watch, taking care of a uh, two-year-old is like the happiest suicide watch you could ever be on. Because <laughs> every time you turn your back, they're doing something that will probably cause them severe bodily harm. And yeah, they're, right. That's a, I'm going to use that. That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's cut right in here. Let's. Uh, so, all right, we're we're, we're well, talking. Well, first off, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, let's let's say who we're talking with, and then I'll get my question because it's important. Okay, go. All right, yes, yeah. So we're talking with uh, author Alex Bledsoe, where he's going to be talking about his new book. He drank and saw the spider. And that leads into my question: <laughs> What in the heck is up with this title? We've been like racking our brains, like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, but at the same time. What's going on here? Well, if you read the book, it'll make sense. You're right. Aww. It's a cautionary tale about <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a paraphrase of a line from Shakespeare. Oh, okay. 
the the this particular novel uses the winter's tale as kind of a loose structure and it's a it's a modification of a line from that and the what it means is people used to believe that you could drop a spider in somebody's drink to poison them but the poison would only work if they saw the spider oh okay uh-huh. ah. So there it's not a good thing that he drank and he then he saw the spider. No, it's not a good thing. I was thinking it was some sort of hallucinogen and then the spider <laughs> just kind of appeared everywhere. Gigantic spiders, spiders everywhere. That's a good. That's a good story. I should write that one too. <laughs> y- you could. It's not the first time we've came up with good ideas that people have written. No, nope. so ever. Shut it really fast. <laughs> well, it's like the worm in a bottle of tequila. Yeah. I would imagine, though, that the worm would be probably a little bit better. Well, it would be less bad for you than seeing the spider in your drink. Well, yeah, except you have to drink the whole bottle of tequila to get to the worm. Yeah. Whew. And that's like, that's an adventure right in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So then, uh, I mean, what what was the, um, I mean, how did you sort of link, um, and what was the inspiration for linking, loosely, the Shakespeare and Eddie LaCrosse? Well, all the, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm fighting off a cold here, too. <clears throat> all the Eddie LaCrosse books sort of have one central idea behind them. Burn Me Deadly has dragons, and Dark Jenny has King Arthur, and this one, I was, I was, rereading the winter's tale because i'm i'm a nerd and i do that and i don't know how familiar you are with it but it's one of the weirder plays of shakespeare because the first three acts are total tragedy you have one king who gets jealous and for no reason and decides that his pregnant wife has been unfaithful with his best friend who's another king and he throws her in prison where she has the baby in prison their other child dies because he's so sad that his parents are fighting. And then the, the queen dies and the king has the baby sent off to be murdered. But the person who's taking it off can't actually kill a baby. So he ends up just abandoning it somewhere. And then he's killed by a bear, which is where you get the famous, you know, stage direction exit pursued by a bear. Then <laughs> act four comes along and it's, a total gear shift into goofy kind of humor about, you know, rustic sheep herding people. There's even a dildo joke in there. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it all pulls together by the end as much as it possibly could, but it's still just really, it's like Highlander 1 and Highlander 2 jam together. They don't make a lot of sense together, but you can kind of jump from one to the other. And when I was reading this, there's a character in there named Autolycus, who was kind of lifted bodily and dropped into the Xena Hercules universe back in the 90s and played by Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Autolycus, yeah. Yeah, and I, I start as I was reading this. I thought, what if what if Eddie were dropped into this story in the role in that the role of that character and you know in that part of the story, and it got me thinking about it. And I really thought about it a lot, which meant that it was you know something that that, that really clicked. And eventually, it didn't work out quite that way, but it gave me the way into the story I wanted to write. And 
I don't even remember what the original question was here. Have I gotten anywhere near answering it? Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah okay. I think so. Yeah. Making me really want to read Winter's Tale, though. <laughs> try, to, try to see a production of it. It's like any play. It's much better if you can see it, you know. And Shakespeare especially, when you can hear somebody talking, every, all those weird sentences make sense. Yeah, that's what I've noticed with Shakespeare. It's, you, you've got to be in the right state of mind to actually read it, and you have to oh, like yeah. reread it a thousand times. You might as well yeah. have an actor just spout it out by memory for you. Hmm. Thank you, actors. Yep. Yes. <laughs> they have a purpose. So then how, then how did you sort of translate the, the language? Oh, I didn't, even I didn't even try. Mm-hmm. I, I really... You, you don't compete with Shakespeare with language. That's just, it, you know, it's not, not something anybody should try, and certainly not me. I use the same approach to language that I have in the other books. People talk pretty much like modern people talk. What, what I took from it were plot elements, some characters from other Shakespearean plays, you know, variations of them that I put in there. And if you're familiar with a lot of Shakespeare, you'll, you'll recognize some of these. If not, hopefully it won't matter because you'll, be, you'll accept them as, as they are. But I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't possibly compete with the language. Hmm. So then, um, so then um, I guess as far as then your language, I mean, did you, did you see yourself sort of strengthened by going back and reading A Winter's Tale? Did you learn something from that? Um, not, well, I mean, you always gain something from going back and reading good writing. Um, as far as what I learned from this particular rereading of it, it was... I was amazed all over with the fact that he could pull this incredible change of tone off in the middle of his play and introduce a whole other cast of characters from the first three acts and have them come up to speed. And there's like, I believe it's scene four in act three is the longest single scene in Shakespeare. It takes 45 minutes to play just that scene. And it has dancing and music and, people in disguise and, and all these absurd things that are following up the, the vast tragedy of the first three acts. And I don't know if I could ever, if I could ever do anything quite to that scale, but I, I really did. I was really amazed by that all over again. Huh? All righty. So then um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm reading over the, uh, this description here. Cause uh, Go ahead, I didn't read have it. a chance here, but um, I, I, I don't know if it was this your was this your wording when you call Eddie Lacrosse a cynical sword jockey. How how do you come up with sword jockey? I came up with that about twelve years ago when I was writing a draft of the first book. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I just I wanted a term like you know in 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 film noir and detective novels you have gumshoe you have private eye you have private dick which is hard to hard to get out without giggling and i wanted a term like that that would work in a medieval fantasy world and that's what i came up with then and since then i've kind of maybe thought maybe i should have put a little more thought into that but it's established now and i'm i'm you know i'm using it and that's it's it's just another slang term for a private eye specific to a world like that I see. So then what other, I mean, are there any other words that you're particularly fond of that you would add to your, add to that world lexicon? Um, 
I don't know. You, I, I try to be as, as true to something, to the, to the medieval idea without being historical about it. You know, I try to not refer to things, you know, too normally, but no, I, I, in fact, that's one of the few terms that I invented out of whole cloth was just that term. One, you know, one of the things I like to do with the Eddie books is not go off on those strange tangents like that. I like to use words that people understand now and use names like, you know, Eddie and Liz and, and Jack and things like that, because it's, it's a way to make the story on the one hand, it's a way to make the story more immediate. And on the other, it's a way to kind of set my stories apart from everybody else who have really, their characters have really long names and they come from countries that are, you know, really long names. And you have words that have multiple uh, apostrophes in them and, you know, several dozen consonants jammed together and <laughs> I'm just trying to be different from that. Yeah. So then, uh, I mean, so does, does, does the language then, I mean, aside from the language, I mean, what other elements uh, of this world can we expect to see that really set our, uh, set itself apart from maybe the more, I don't want to say mainstream fantasy novels, but I mean, what can we expect that'll be truly different? Um, I think you'll be, you'll find that it's much more of a, immediate emotional experience. I mean, the characters, and, and this, this is not meant as a criticism. This is merely my approach to things. You have a lot of authors, fantasy authors, who, who go into the world building in great detail, and I try to do that with the characters. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you've got a very rich tapestry of, did I just say really rich tapestry? Wow. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> No denying it now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hopefully all of the characters will come really to life for you, and they'll be a little more off the nose than characters you might find in more traditional fantasy. They're, a lot of them are older. A lot of them have a lot more life experience, and I approach them very much as if I were – in that world and think of them as like, okay, well, what does this person do when they get up in the morning? What does it, what's their day like? What job do they have? Because that's, as a reader, one of the things that I run into when I'm reading fantasy books is I realize I, I can't picture these characters going through their day. You know, I can't picture them having coffee in the morning or, or what it's like for them when they come home at night and, and, and stuff like that. And, I like I like to make my characters where you can picture that, where you can you can imagine what they do when they're not being epic heroes. I suppose that yeah. does make it a little unbelievable. That is something that I've I've always noticed is really odd with a lot of things. Like uh, when I was a kid, the the one thing that always kind of got to me was you never saw He Man in the bathroom. You never saw their bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you really want to watch that? Not really, but I would like to <laughs> oh, yeah, know does. that they're human enough that they actually still have to do no. that stuff. Well, and, and and then this is also this is also like eight year old Flagoon yeah. who you know my house has a bathroom, my friend's house has a bathroom. Why doesn't He Man have a bathroom? All you, all you need is He Man going behind the door, closing the door, and then you hear a muffled by the power of Grayskull. Skull. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Star Wars, at least in the novels, they kind of re- reference the re- refresher. I mean, there's some references like that. But, yeah, you know, that's kind of one thing you never see. Yeah, you never see it. Even in some movies, 
you know. Mm-hmm. They they never go to the bathroom. You know, it's like yep. you know you you saw Frodo and Sam walk way across the wilderness. Never once did they stop to take a potty break. Yeah, and they're eating all that bread. I know. <laughs> if if you watch the uh, the movies that actually do show it, it's usually disturbing. Like Evolution Man. I would say more like Jurassic Park. I still want to know how they... sitting on the toilet, T-Rex. Well, he wasn't really sitting on the toilet doing what everybody was thinking he was doing. He was hiding in fear. I know, I know. But but one thing, you know, uh, Firebird brings up a good one. How do you use those shells? I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to know. But okay, I've detracted us far enough from uh, from, uh, uh, he drank and saw the spider. So uh, let's get back to that. <laughs> so, for those of you, the, for those of the, those, uh, th- this is a this is a continuing uh, continuance of a uh, existing story. So, uh, what is something that uh, your listeners are going to want to know coming into uh, this book if they haven't read uh, your previous works? Well, I I try to write all the books so that they are standalone and people can just pick up any one of them and, and jump right in. Because as a reader, nothing annoys me more than picking up a book that looks interesting and then realizing it's, you know, book four of the Trafalgar simulation or something, and you can't jump into the story. So all you really need to know to read this is that it is a a high fantasy novel written as if it were a 40s detective novel. If you've read the other books, you'll pick up some character stuff in this one that, that will kind of add to your enjoyment. But if you haven't, there's nothing in there that you shouldn't be able to follow. Okay. I, I I do like that because there are so many times that you know you walk through like a bookstore, you're in the airport, and you see this book, and it's like, oh, this is great. And then you get like several chapters in, and you're like, what is this Why reference? They are talking to? about something going on in the past that I have no idea yeah. what happened, and it's no. being written like I should know this. Crap! I can't read the rest of this book. So, <laughs> so in other words, these books are kind of written like a Doctor Who episode or a Doctor Who season, or where, even a TV episode like Leverage. Yeah. So it 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 you know it, it has a cohesive narrative from book to book, but you don't have to be a part of that narrative yeah. to enjoy what you are looking at right now. Right. Right. That's exactly right. And I I, I really think uh, books should do that more. Uh, books and media should just do that more often. It's nice to have a cohesive uh, continuity between show to show to show to show, yeah. but when they get so sucked into it, then you get what happens with the comics uh, as they are right now, and you know people are afraid to even try to get into them because there's 50 years of backstory that's all still relevant to stories now. We don't even need the back. Yeah. The 50 it, years. Co- it costs money. It costs a lot of money to get that backstory, mm-hmm. and yeah. for some people, just the initial investment is terrifying at times. Whereas, if you have one that's in a series that you can read as a standalone, you know, chances are they're probably going to continue it on their own and not feel the pressure of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have my readers feel any pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Sit no down, pressure. read the book, and enjoy. Yes, put on some Yanni. <laughs> light a few, no, light a few candles. I want them to stay awake. Oh, yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> All right, Boston Pops. Boston Pops. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. This is a swashbuckling type book. We want some epic music. Yeah, Wagner. Oh, yeah. yeah, Wagner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, has there been uh, has there been any movement uh, since we were speaking about other media?s Has there been any uh, talks about moving 
um, any of the Eddie Lacrosse stories or even a news story into another medium, perhaps uh, television or even a film? Oh, there's been talk, but um, nobody's nothing's set, you know, set or anything. No, no money has changed hands. Aw, he's not a billionaire now. Mm. No. <laughs> well, I mean, the little uh, kind of blurb that I got, you know, it's really interesting that they're kind of pointing this out to be kind of a mixture, uh, you know, of Jim Butcher's Dresden File and Glenn Cook's uh, Garrett P.I. novels. So uh, that's kind of saying quite a bit. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm flattered by that. Yeah. So, I mean, that any Dresden fans you know, right there, you know, you got to check this out. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more peaked on that one. Yeah. That alone. Look, look, our intern's interested. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Maybe he'll come out of his cave to buy your book. <laughs> I love I love this this premise. I've, you, yeah. you don't really see very much whether it's the the hashing of High fantasy and then detective novel. Yeah, you don't. It's usually all. just you know straight up high fantasy with action or high fantasy with romance. And the detective's always off to the side. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and the mystery is just story B that usually just gets tied up in the last chapter. Just to be, mm-hmm. oh, it was the butler the whole time. Now, now, what kind of detective were we we looking at here from Eddie? Is it kind of more like Sherlock Holmes? Or is it the more the Robert Downey Jr. version of Sherlock Holmes? Or is it something just completely different like Magnum P.I. Or, or Rockford Files? Or Columbo. Or Columbo, even. Well, pro- of the ones you listed, probably closest to the Rockford Files. Okay, good. Jim the Rockford, big, that's a good one. The biggest influence on me would be um, Robert Parker Spencer books. Oh, okay. I, I really, really like them. I named my youngest son's middle name is Spencer, with an S, so he'll always have to correct the spelling of that for the rest <laughs> of his life. Oh, I know all about that spell correct. Yeah, that's okay though. But yeah, that's that's the one that the biggest influence. And then you go back to like Philip Marlowe and uh, Lou Archer and people like that, or characters like that. I mean, nice. not actual people, but. There, you know that whole that whole idea of the guy who has to come into these horrible situations and both fix the problem and not let himself get drawn into it just fascinates me because you know if, if it's a good story obviously the character is going to get emotionally involved in it and risk both you know not solving his case and also not hanging on to his integrity or even his life and that's that. <clears throat> excuse me again. That's the kind of detective that Eddie is. All right. Well, we are talking with Alex Bledsoe, talking about his book. He drank and saw the spider, amongst all of his uh, the uh, many of his other books that are uh, uh, featuring this character Eddie Lacrosse. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Alex, please feel free to give us a call at six two six two two six one four seven five. Or you can always check us out on email. It's info at Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Or sco- uh, scope out our uh, Twitter feed, DCR underscore show. Very also nice. check out the Google. That Google is the Google Plus thing. Yeah. For a Google. The Google. Google E. Yes. <laughs> Google E. Yep. Google-y. And then find our Facebook page. Google-y. Just look up Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Yes. What about Audible? Should we do that? Amazon? One should. of them? You should. Go ahead. Yeah. Go for it. All right. 
you like uh, getting free stuff? We, we know you do. Dungeon Crawlers Radio has teamed up with Audible to bring you this amazing deal. Sign up now for a free 30-day trial at, with audible.com, and you receive a free audio book of your choosing from thousands of different titles. All you need to do is simply go to our website, DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, click on the Audible link, sign up for your free 30-day trial uh, with Audible, and select your free audio book. And I'm pretty sure there's several of Alex's books on there as well. There are. There mm-hmm. are. You can cancel at any time, and that uh, free book is yours just forever. Yeah, I got to say, the guy that reads those, the Eddie books, Stefan Rudnicki, yeah. does a great job on them. I I can listen to him read my own writing, and that's very rare. <laughs> yeah. I can't listen to it for long, not because he's a bad reader, but because it's my writing, and all I hear are the bad word choices and the awkward sentences and things that I wish I'd caught and changed, and it's oh, just... No. You're you're listening, you're like, when did I write that? Yeah. Well, not not only that, you have a person that just reads a name or a word differently than it should be. Oh, that's so frustrating when I've heard, like, an author say, it's pronounced, you know, a name is pronounced this way, and then the reader says it's something completely different, and you're like, ugh. Yeah. The the, the name is Vashard, and they, they pronounce it like Vashard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stefan's pretty good about getting, you know, getting in touch with me and clearing all that before he records, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. So then, what? I mean, can you give us a little insight then on what that whole process is like, uh, translating your written work into, I guess, spoken word? Well, for me, it's simply saying, okay, you guys can do that because I would never want to be the reader of my own stuff. I I mean I I do readings obviously and and stuff and but I can't imagine reading the whole book because I would never get done I would constantly be revising as I went through and saying okay hey, we got to tape that over because I got a better paragraph here <laughs> and they would eventually just throw me out that late but I think I think you know I think reading is like any particular skill there are some people who are just good at it who have worked to have the skill to do it and it's you know, they're better at it than a guy who spends all his day typing and muttering to himself. And I would rather have them do it than, than me do it, because I know they're going to do it well. Even if, they, even if there are things that aren't exactly right, the sheer amount of rightness from a professional is better than anything me, who would just be an enthusiastic amateur, could come up with. So then, no, so you don't see any... I mean, do you see anyone else in particular taking over that, uh, taking over the role of reader or, um, I guess, voice acting? Well, I always, I always heard the, um, heard the, uh, the voice of Eddie as kind of a Tom Skerritt kind of thing. And I always wished I had been able to get Tom Skerritt to read it. Well, excuse me, sorry. Phone ring in. One second. <laughs> well, earlier he was pushing buttons. It sounded like he was uh, setting the timer for a bomb or something. Timer. It sounded like the microwave. Yeah, I was wondering what it was for dinner. No, I was thinking bomb. Mm. Okay, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> okay. No, no. Bo- bombs don't have that high pitch of, or uh, have a higher pitch. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you know, I am in a cave, so microwave's kind of new. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> So what are we talking about? Vo- different voices for reading the book? Yes. Yeah. I, I think Tom Skerritt would be a good choice, though. Well, yeah, I, I've always loved his kind of, and it's a, it's a terrible thing to say, but I've loved his monotone. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and none of his characters ever seem to get too terribly excited about anything. And that just radiates a kind of world weariness that I think would be great for for the Eddie character. All right. So, so not so not just so not monotone as boring as monotone as in nothing phases him anymore. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Kind of kind of like uh, um, Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones. Snakes. Why yeah. does it always have to be snakes? Yeah. It's, you know he's <laughs> he's terrified of snakes. He hates snakes, but it's just a resigned of. Damn it! It's always snakes. <laughs> yeah. Too bad for him. So do you ever get to sit in? while they choose someone to actually read the book, or do they just say, eh, we'll just, we'll take care of it, and you just, you can listen to the finished product, or do you get to be involved in that? No, I'm not involved in it at all. I just, uh, they, you know, they tell me who's going to read it, and so far it's always been Stefan, and I'm quite happy with that. They'll send me the cover art to, uh, to approve, even though they don't, you know, they don't let me, change it if I want to or anything, but they do show it to me before it's done. And that's really it. It's, it's, it's very much a remote process for me. So what you're saying with the picture or the cover, you're like, Oh, that looks like crap. And they're like, Oh, well, too bad. Well, I've never, <laughs> never said that. So that's, it's okay. I don't know. The cover for this one is pretty good. Well, I like the cover of this yeah. one, but yeah, I'm just saying. Not, yeah. It, and it captures the, the, atmosphere of the story very well, I think. Well, so, we'll know when we read so I'm real happy with that. <laughs> so then has there, has there ever been a time either either in your writing or getting the cover back where you just said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I let that slip or, or, or something to that effect? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. Okay. Actually, I got, I'll tell you, if we have time, I'll tell you two stories. Two okay. Stories. <laughs> Get it, cover stories? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I did I did a novel called The Hum and the Shiver, mm-hmm. and it's a modern story about um, uh, people who live up in Appalachia who are descended from a race of European fairies. And the main character of the story is uh, a young woman who served in the army in Iraq and has got injured and has come back home to, to Tennessee to try to reconnect with her family and with all of her um, magical musical stuff. So I get the cover design and it's, you know, it's very similar to the final cover that that was on the book, except that they have a guy in a top hat on the cover. And I, you know, and the colors were great and the design was great. It had this great, you know, view of the mountains and everything. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. But it bugged me that, you know, this is, a guy and there's not there's no character in the story who this could be and so i and you know i i try to be a team player i try to not make a lot of waves or or be a prima donna or anything but i finally did work up the nerve and said you know i don't think this works because the story is about a, a young woman it's not about a guy and they agreed with me which surprised me and they went out and shot had another model shot and apparently in all of New York City, all of Manhattan, they could not find a mandolin, which is what the character plays. So on the cover, she's playing a fiddle, which it's close, close to a mandolin, sort of. Oh, almost. <laughs> but they have I, strings. 
Yeah. <laughs> the cover the cover came out beautifully. So that you know, that one little glitch I can kinda live with. Yeah, you want to hear my other cover story? Oh yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Yay! All right. I did a vampire novel set in Memphis in nineteen seventy five. And the cover came out and you know, it was okay. I li- I didn't like it that much, but I didn't hate it. And then when it was getting chopped around to, to various, you know, places that would buy it, a, a buyer for a particularly very large chain of, of stores decided they weren't going to buy it because they didn't like the cover. And at the time this happened, this was very unusual. This was This was intruding into the creative process at the publisher, which buyers typically didn't do. And, you know, my publisher got... I, I felt really bullied by this decision. You know, it's like, well, that's, you know, and the publisher said, di- didn't even know how to, how to react to it at first, but eventually they said, well, we'll get the, we'll get you the buyer to help us design the new cover and find a cover that you guys will like that way. Which again, I thought felt was bullying. It made, it made me really kind of annoyed, but the, the upshot to all of it was I got a much better cover out of it. So if you've seen the cover of my book, Blood Groove, that's the cover that was created in conjunction with the buyer from this, other, this chain of bookstores. And I love that cover now. I don't like the way I got it, but I love that cover. All right. So then, I mean, so how, does that, how did that experience then affect how you sort of did do business uh, beyond that? I mean, what was it like beforehand? Well, that was only my second book, so I didn't have a lot of experience yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first Eddie Lacrosse book, the hardcover, came out from um, Nightshade Books back when they were in existence. And if you've ever, if you've seen the hardcover illustration, it's I mean it's a it's a painting, it's okay, and it does depict a scene from the book, but it gets every single detail wrong. <laughs> I mean, everything is wrong. You know, I can look at it and go, I know exactly what scene this is, but there's not a thing right in this image. (laughs) So like, so it like haunts your dreams, how, how wrong everything is like up and down, black and white. It does kind of, it does kind of, I've, I've occasionally, you know, ranted at people with, who have the book. I'll say, look, this is not right. This is not right. This should be this. This should be this. And they, you know, very patiently listen to me and then back away as quickly as they can. (laughs) <laughs> just smile and nod yeah. Yeah. okay <laughs> so then moving forward then I mean now that now that the, so now that um, he drank and saw the spider is, is done uh, yep. done and wrapped up so I mean what's going to be next for Eddie Lacrosse I mean there's got there's got to be more adventures oh there's always more adventures I've got um Right now, I'm working on my other series, my the the Tufa series that started with the Hum and the Shiver. I've got um, the third book coming out in 2015, which I'm writing right now, and then I've got to immediately start writing the fourth book in that series. So Eddie Eddie will probably be kind of consigned to short story status for a couple of years while I work on this other thing. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I mean, I'm I want to come back to him. I want to do more books about him. I've always got ideas. He's he's the kind of character 
some some series are hard to come up with new stories, but as, uh, you know when you've got a character who can basically take off when somebody walks into his office, you can you can start a new adventure really easily. Mm-hmm. So there should be at least a couple of Eddie stories and some anthologies, and hopefully some more some in some online magazines as well. Do you think you could do like uh, maybe the next one could be like a buddy cop adventure, and then he'll team up with like uh, with like Danny Glover or something? That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I could probably manage that. <laughs> Except, I think I think he would be the Danny Glover character. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. You have him continually say, "I'm too old for this crap." Yeah. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Pair him up with some crazy. <laughs> Crazy rookie straight out of guard school. <laughs> the only thing right. I can see is like Joe being the, the trainee that he's doing and it's it's everything wrong that could happen. <laughs> is he gonna be partially suicidal? That's my biggest question. Well yeah, he'd have to be. He'd have to be. He'd constantly be sticking a sword in his mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna do it, man. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I don't know. There needs to be a, 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 some other like um, buddy cop archetypes that we could uh, that we could go by, other than just lethal weapon. <laughs> Nothing else comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you buddy cop. That's what you think of. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's uh, like um, Nick Nolte, and Eddie Murphy. Oh, there you go. There's also lethal weapon. Yeah, we can do see. that. Well, where's the buddy cop and lethal weapon though? That's well, there's there's it's, quite it, it's it's a weird twisted buddy cop, but there is a buddy cop between Danny Glover and uh, Mel Gibson's character. Oh yeah, Le- oh so I, I was thinking Naked Gun. That's oh. what we were talking about. Is lethal weapon. Na- <laughs> Naked Gun's completely different. Yeah. Okay. That's so so lethal weapon. We're looking for something else beyond ooh, lethal. Cops weapon. and Robertsons. You know, yeah. Chevy Chase and uh, what's his name? No. <laughs> Jack Palance. Why no. are we even ex- uh, uh, acknowledging the existence of that crap? Suburban Commando? No. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> no, that it would the whole kind of fun no. to, uh, to <laughs> shoehorn in the line, I was frozen today somewhere in a fantasy novel. I was frozen today. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm sure we could come up with some others. Yeah. They may not be perfect, but there's several out there. A wise-cracking little girl. Yeah, or... or <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, there, what uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell, <laughs> the other guys. guys yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, We're yeah. throwing out yeah. ideas. Pair up, pair up, uh, uh, pair up uh, this uh, Eddie with uh, uh, yeah, uh, pair up Eddie with uh, with just some bureaucrat pencil pusher. Yep. <laughs> I think it should be. Yeah, uh, what was the what was the movie where? Michael J. Fox was following James Woods around because the hard way. Yeah, the hard yeah. way. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. To team him up with team him up with an actor as thespian. Yeah, to put him in like a Beverly Hills Cop esque uh, scenario where he's, he's outside his uh, his jurisdiction and he's just doing his own thing. <laughs> Although since he's kind of like the the gum show, he doesn't really have much of a jurisdiction. So no, no. He's always out of his jurisdiction. <laughs> or, or, or like, or like, go like totally meta and do a, a McBain clip. 
And just and just use all of the the cliches like the guy dying that's like weeks away from retirement. <laughs> yeah, you can do everything there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we're uh, we're coming up on the uh, we're coming up on the time. Yeah, so, uh, is there going to be? Are you going to be making any appearances to uh, any conventions or signings that our listeners or your writers can uh, meet you at? So far, I've only committed to going to uh, Wisconsin and uh, Madison, Wisconsin. I don't, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but last year we um, adopted a baby girl. That's the two-year-old, and that's kind of cut into my free time. Ah. They, they do that, I've noticed. But yeah, and I, since I'm the stay-at-home parent of the two of us, I'm, I'm the one that you know has to stay at home. So. Not, I don't know how extensive my schedule will be this year, but so far the only thing I've committed to for sure is Wiscon. But I'll have, if anything else, or when anything else is, is slotted, it'll be on my website. Good. Awesome. And this book is available now, correct? It is available now. So for those of you out there that are interested, pick it up. You can get it in uh, bookstores everywhere, online, I'm sure Amazon. As far as BarnesandNoble.com, and obviously, it sounds like Audible. We talked about it, Audible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a good listen because the guy reading it is good and he amazing. Good. He's he not is. boring. He, yeah. he's, he's kind of become the voice I hear in my head for Eddie now. All right. Now he's, wow. He has to be contracted to play him now in yeah. a movie. He, Actually, well, I, at least his voice. I just want him to sit here and, and like read my rough drafts to me while I'm working so I can decide if it wor- if it sounds good or not. <laughs> I call him up in the middle of the night. I just sent you an email. I need you to read these now. <laughs> what? I just woke up. Read them! Aren't you a pro? <laughs> you should be doing this all the time. <laughs> Give well, me a moment. Take a, take a sip of water and we'll start. Yeah. Now, if only you could like get a program that you know that speaks while you're typing and it's in his voice. That would be cool. Would be oh cool. wow! I've always thought you should be able to record voices for things like you know. Does anybody remember this movie from the '80s that had the James Brown car alarm? James. There's a James Brown oh. car alarm. Yeah, it was, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know you. I don't know if my voice will do this now, but you know, you you hit the car and it goes, ow, 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 it goes, ow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's funny. Oh. I think you should be able to record different voices for all things like that. You know. Well, see, then would you, wouldn't you abuse such a thing then? Because then you'd have like your entire novel read by like Bobcat Goldthwait, and then turn right back around and have it read by like Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Stephon. Yeah. <laughs> If I did one of those, I would not turn right around and do the other. That's that would be too much. Ooh, what Betty if did, White. What if? What if? Yeah. See, you got book one, Bobcat. Book two, Gilbert Godfrey, and then you wrap it up with Betty White. Ah, oh, Betty White. That would be one heck of a trip. And of course, that book three be. is going to be the gritty one, which you know involves the most swearing. Oh. All right. Wow. Awesome. So all right, if any uh so if any of our listeners want to start contacting you, how do we find how do they find you? I'm on the web at alexbledsoe.com. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Google Plus. Mm. All right. Any all other right. Uh, hey. projects coming down the line? Um 
Right now, I'm pretty much concentrating on these Tufa books. I'll have some more of my Firefly Witch stories coming out soon. Uh, that's another series that I do. They're, they're e-book. I guess you'd call them chat books because they have like three short stories in, in each one. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on some other things that I can't really talk about yet. That's okay. But, but hopefully, hopefully I will have a return to hardcore horror pretty soon. Oh, nice. Really? Wow. I haven't written any horror since I wrote my two vampire books, which were horror novels, which I think confused people because they were expecting romance. Oh, they were they were expecting sparkles? <laughs> yes. And my oldest son gave me a pen to, that I have on my backpack that says, my vampires don't sparkle. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Amen. sentence there. My, mine do, but shortly before they explode. So... <laughs> like a timer yeah it's 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 really just every cell in their skin exploding yeah <laughs> nice. bursting into flames I wonder if you could roast hot dogs when that happens uh it's really messy yeah i wouldn't want to be that close <laughs> okay yep uh all so, right uh, one final question so uh this is kind of like uh maybe like a fan fiction sort of thing maybe you can answer this one so eddie versus Who's this going to be? Who's, who's this toughest challenge? Who out, is of, out of anyone in pop culture? Anyone? Oh, okay. Oh wow. Um, well, because I, the first thing that that came to mind was Conan, and I think Eddie would probably just throw his sword down and walk away if he <laughs> with Conan. <laughs> Screw this! I'm yeah, I'm out of here. Wait, wait—is that Conan? Like the Barbarian or Conan O'Brien? Well, Conan O'Brien, of course. Because yeah. <laughs> he's a big guy. Yeah, he's, he's a giant. He's like a praying mantis. He's it's fiery red hair. It's scary. <laughs> to, to quote another author, tall guys fight till they're burger. <laughs> Bike Club reference. Yes, I know. Yep. I got it. All right. All uh, right. Uh, okay. I'm going to be picturing my hero fighting Conan O'Brien now. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fan fiction to listen to to read. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Alex. Uh, It's it's always a pleasure to have you on. We uh, look forward to hopefully having you on again. Yeah, anytime, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, especially yeah when the new Tufa book comes out, we'd love to hear from you. All right. All right. It's a date. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right. I will wear my nice shirt next time. <laughs> oh, without the ketchup stains. Yep. It's coffee, but yes. <laughs> I'll put on pants. Yep. <laughs> All righty. With that, we will All catch right. you next time, yeah, everyone. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good night. That was Alex Bledsoe. <laughs> the Eddie Lacrosse books. Uh, so pick up He Drank and Saw the Spider for those of you. If you didn't catch the beginning of that, that's kind of a reference to, you're getting poisoned. You are going to die. You know, that was an amazing way to leave the interview. <laughs> I'll that's put on well, Now I have to like change my whole vision of how this, this <laughs> how the interview went. This interview <laughs> yeah. went down. Oh, wow. All right, let's, uh, let's do a quick uh, drop for Amazon, and then we're going to take a break and come back with some other uh, really exciting stuff. Say what? All right, let me pull this thing up here. Uh, that's audible. All right. 
So, do you enjoy listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio? I I do. Do you know that one of our loyal that you our loyal listeners can help support the show by doing something as simple as shopping at Amazon.com? There are no extra fees or subscriptions you have to sign up for. Go to our website, DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Make sure you clear out your cookies, then click on the Amazon link and shop as normally. This helps us continue to bring you the quality entertainment you've come to love and expect. Amazon, it's online shopping. Say, oh yeah, it's all Amazon tastic. <laughs> Sorry, that was pretty bad. That was. That was. <laughs> Amazon Tastic or online shopping? No, it's oh, Amazon Tastic. Because that's what it is. Yeah, it is. It really is. And that was that was my point for that. Was trying to just, just you know most people use Amazon. It's and then have like some sort of catchy. No, it's exactly what it is. That's online shopping. It's online shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna play a couple songs, yep. and we will be back. We're gonna stretch our legs, take a little break, yep. and we shall return. And if we don't return, well, then you apparently turned us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Which, don't. Why did you do that? Yeah, well, I don't know. You're gonna make Chris cry. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Great geek news. Okay, we'll be back. And, and the epic, epic showdown. showdown. We'll be back. Woot woot. Turn down your mics. Fine. Friends were to be 
I remember when the sun still shined. I remember the night and days when the children laughed and sang songs to play. I'm a shell of what I used to be. There's a monster inside of me. My dark soul is twisted black. I don't think there's any coming back. Here we sit in the sweat and sun. Flowing death for everyone. Slowly sinking in the gulf of guilt. Bloody bodies revealed a filth. Our end has come. And for us the apocalypse has begun. Gotta hear the things I had to do. I kept my way. I remain true. Welcome back, everyone. Hi. Cha-cha-cha. For those of you that didn't know that we, we were gone, okay. For those of we're, you we're that back. did. For, for those back. of you who didn't know that we're we were back. gone, yes, we do sing that well. Yeah. Well, that was me, actually. Yeah, that was, Sorry. That's uh, even scarier. Chris on all voices. He was, yeah. all, he was all of it. Yep. yep. He was and all in. That was actually all a cappella. <laughs> Chris, yep. has, Chris has about nine vocal cords. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm even better than that uh, well you see in the uh, Disney cartoon where he's 
he's singing with three voices. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking you're gonna go uh, go the route of the diva in Fifth Element, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to go bigger. You wanted to go you wanted to go even older school. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He can actually speak Shriwook. He speaks Wookie. <laughs> That's. It takes a lot of work to be able to do that, but I can pull it off. Yeah, he does. Chris totally does. <laughs> wow. All right, we're back live at Epic Puzzle Games in West Dallas City, Utah. It's Dungeon Callers Radio. Yes, once yep. again. Hello. You're listening to an amazing show. Why? Because it's always amazing. Is yep. Firebird back? I don't hear Firebird. Yeah. You didn't hear her, like, yeah. jump up in the high squeal pitches of octaves and... I thought that was a kid and she's oh. running around. Oh. Uh. Like <laughs> no, that was high Firebird. Okay. All righty. <laughs> All right, is it? Uh, it's time for. Uh, I think it's time for. Uh, for is it is is it gamer girl time? No, because. Oh, did, oh that's gonna be video. We're gonna we're gonna be doing a video this evening Ooh. for gamer girl. So uh, check out the website, Ooh, social get to, get to media. You will firebird. want to see this. Yes. I can do like a setup for it. Ooh, yes. Do you yeah, go ahead. Take up like thirty seconds. Sure, go ahead. Okay, guys, get your drum rolls ready, okay? Okay. The biggest announcement I have is that the Gamer Girl segment is now sponsored by a custom chainmail armory. Ooh. Now, Epic, it's G&G Armory, and they're putting a modern twist on tradition. And having said that, we have some packages that came into our St. Louis studio already. So, tonight, well, not tonight, but... For me, it'll be tonight, and we'll be getting it to you guys as soon as we can. Uh, so on the Gamer Girl video segment, we will be talking about uh, not only news, uh, we will also be showing you what those packages contained coming at you this weekend. Woo! All right. Yeah. Gamer Girl, now 50% <laughs> more metal. That's right. 50% more metal? I like that. I now rock. No, no, fail. <laughs> I rolled a one. Aww. Dang it. Yes, you did. Aww. I really tried. There'll be more rolls, though. You'll get plenty more chances. Yes, yes, don't worry. It, was, it wasn't that bad of a critical miss. No, no. <laughs> well, all right. Should we uh, drop into the uh, geeky news, then? Oh, yes, let's. Should we do that, or should we do the showdown first? Oh, we could do either. Let's do the showdown, then do the geek news. Okay, let's try All righty. Who wants to go first? Well, uh, uh, you as the moderator should get the uh, should have the say. The say? Well, uh, who has geek news? Can I, I Joe, Joe I does. Okay. I don't. I've been working on the server. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, so we will just skip um, Chris because he has no news because he's working on the server. For all I'm, those that know, I'm sorry, I'm not doing anything important. We need the no, server. No, you are. Okay. Oh. Um, so, uh, Plagoon, we'll, 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 round, we'll actually round robin this one. All right. So we're not going to drop all three of them tonight? No. So uh, who, who saw the, uh, the Super Bowl this, uh, this Sunday? Uh, namely, namely the Super no. Bowl commercial. I watched the movie Groundhog today. <laughs> you know, that was probably a little bit more entertaining. It was. I was happy to see my Seahawks win, but uh, I, I, I like talking about the commercials afterwards. It's really the reason why I watch okay. the Super Bowl. So it's the reason 90% of everybody watches it. I, I don't know if everybody saw it, but you know, there, there are some good ones. There are some really bad ones. Um, 
I really couldn't stand the uh, the Budweiser commercial that was talk that had the passenger song on it. Most people can't. Just because I hate that band. Like I I I hear that that song and I just start seeing red. But uh, the Lawrence Fishburne reprising his role as Morpheus for the key that commercial was, awesome. was hilarious. I was annoyed by that one. I thought it was great. It was perfectly timed. And when he starts just randomly singing opera, it just it fit for just the absurdity of that commercial. So not really much news, just me geeking out about Lawrence Fishburne putting on the Morpheus glasses again. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe. So, oh, geek news? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought we were doing the... Okay. Round Robin right. geek news. Yep. Round Robin it? Okay, coolness. Yeah. Uh, so the big news this weekend, I'm sure it's it's been blasting all over the internet. Uh, Honor Thespian Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away this past week. Um... He was found. He was found in his apartment in New York with presumably prescription drugs and heroin. But his the initial toxicology report has come back inconclusive. So as of yet, there's no there's still no cause of death determined. Um, this uh, and um, with this the, the scheduling for his uh, next appearance in the Hunger Games catching or. Um, not Catching Fire. I can't remember. Mockingjay. Mockingjay, part one and presumably part two. Uh, it is not going to affect any of the shooting uh, for it. Um, everything's still going to be going on as scheduled. So. Nice. Okay. And Firebird. Happening this weekend in theaters, the Lego movie, The Monuments Men, and Vampire Academy. Ooh. Top three movies last week was Ride Along, Frozen, and... That awkward moment. Mm. Nice. Okay. So, uh, for those of you out there, Wizards of the Coast has responded to the magic counterfeits. So, some very high-quality counterfeits of Magic the Gathering cards have been appearing in the U.S. for the last few months. And uh, they're raising concern among magic players and collectors. Uh, These are really, really good counterfeits. I mean, they're really hard to tell. All right. They're fake. Um So Wizards is aware of it. They can't make... They didn't say much about it. They just are aware of it, and they're making some changes so that this can't be done um, in the future. So uh, Such a thing devalues the, uh, not just the rarity, but the price. Uh, of yeah. those rares. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... And for those of you that don't know, I mean, Magic is a huge... I mean, not only is buying cards for the first time... Um, uh, a, a huge revenue source, but it's those cards that they, they you know, these shops buy and then re- sell out eventually uh, back to the retailers or to the the customer, excuse me. Uh, so it's a huge money making profit, and you start throwing in some counterfeit. I mean, you think it finding fake dollar bills are crazy? Wait till you know people start getting an uproar over fake uh, magic cards. I think it'll be yeah. a lot more serious. So we may be starting to see some watermarkings or something like that that are. Uh, really hard to duplicate coming out. Uh, and, I would imagine that they're selling them, are they not? Or are they taking these to the big tournaments and winning with them? It doesn't really give a lot of detail other than, um, you know, they, they've been finding, I mean, they have a picture of the counterfeit and the real one. I can't see any difference. Yeah, it really makes you wonder what like anti uh, counterfeit uh, measures they put in the cards ori- uh, like originally. Like, is there, you know, is there a hologram? That, I'm, well, I mean, some, the, of, them some of them are the foils. Some of them are foils, mm-hmm. but those are usually just for like the special. Quality but even now, some of these really uh, high end printers can duplicate that. Yes. 
So it's it's it, as our technology is improving, it's really getting so hard. To, you know what they need yeah. to do? Microchip every card. <laughs> well, <laughs> low, low jack. Your, yeah. Yes. Low jack your magic deck. Yeah, that might be inexpensive, but you know <laughs> there might be some sort of watermarking or something they can put into it that mm. you know for now will help. I mean, so, but who uh, knows? But so yeah, look who's, forward who's, to your magic cards costing a lot more money. Yeah. But who's to know what the you know what's going to happen with the cards that have been made? You know, prior to now, yeah. when you know when they have, and you know, who knows if you're buying a five hundred dollar really nice epic rare that's actually just a nice facsimile knockoff. Yeah. So well, you know, if people are buying the epic rares and stuff. They probably wouldn't mind them having a little bit of a security feature in it though, because they're going to be dropping all that money anyway. Yeah. It might oh. even be a comfort to know oh, that for, it's real. Yeah. For the ones that are being made after now, but uh, what about yeah. the ones that are that are you yeah. Know, First edition, twelfth edition, that were that, are, that you know didn't have these uh, the new security measures they're going to be putting into it. Yeah, so I just hope this doesn't mean like every five years they have to change like the format of the uh, of, of the cards and you know next time it's going to be watermarked and it's going to be there's going to be transparent uh, transparency cr- uh, screen yeah. kind of like money today has changed so much looks yeah. like all the time. Yeah, I don't know, uh, you know. Just just beware. So if you're going to buy a seraphim angel and you find a seraphim angle, yeah, don't buy it. <laughs> so okay. all right, uh, go. So if you bought it in China, you're you're you already know it's going to be counterfeit anyway. All right. So for the five people out there that are still playing Dark Age of Camelot, yes, that MMO is still live and kicking. It looks like they're going to be uh, changing management to Broadsword Productions, and they're going to also be uh, partnered up with the EA Mythic as uh, EA Mythic Entertainment as well, but uh, you can uh, go back and start playing your nerfed dwarf uh, berserker that used to do really good damage and then doesn't anymore. That's right. It's been almost 20 years, and I'm still pissed at you, Mythic. <laughs> Carry that grudge. I will to the grave. Somebody's <laughs> uh, got to. Yep. Might as well be. Yeah, may as well. He's good at it. He's good at that sort of thing. Um, it was announced just today that AMC is confirmed that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are going to be executive producing a preacher a, or a television adaptation of the graphic novel Preacher by Garth Ennis. Finally. Yes. Uh, preacher tells the story of Jesse Custer, a man who was accidentally possessed by half angel, half angel, half demon, and basically goes on a one-man quest with, well, one, one man and some of his homies uh, go on a quest to find God and not for a good reason. Yeah. Yep. So look forward to lots of swearing and lots of people getting hurt on AMC again because The Walking Dead just doesn't fill that void enough, apparently. Because it's well, become a soap opera. Well, well, it, it's well, not just it's not way, just though. that. It's with the loss of Breaking Bad. You know, we've we've got no. we've got AMC, but you know now now we need something else to hurt people, and I don't see what FX is. No. AMC. Yeah, I, I, yeah. They need to do. They need to fill to fill that void with something. Yep. Okay. And I say, say my name. name. All right, Firebird. <laughs> All right, Pokemon fans, because I know you're out there. Your digital bank has finally landed in the North American Harbor for five dollars per year. You can catch them all, or at least up to three thousand enslaved Pokemon in a cloud storage. I don't even know what 3,000 enslaved Pokemon will look like, 
that I can imagine. It's huge. Uh, I like how see. she says enslaved Pokemon. As long as they don't squirtle all over the place, we're good. Well, I don't think it's by their will going, oh, please, let me fight your battles for you. <laughs> but they, they said that you also get a, a Pokemon transporter app that allows you to transport from the Pokemon Black, White, Black 2, and White 2 over to the XY. And while your uh, older monsters that have been transferred, hopefully they have been transferred to the more current editions, they should be able to get stored on the cloud bank. But you kind of like got to stair step through, you know, all the old, all the old ones to get to the new ones. Uh, and even more exciting news for Pokemon fans: if you download before March 14th, you will get a free 30-day trial. That way, you can know if you like it, if you don't like it. If you have over 3,000 Pokemon, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, my only worry about having 3,000 Pokemon is I would never have enough time to level cap all of them. Cause yeah, but Pokemon has been around for... Oh, it, it has been around for a really long time, but just like, I would have to quit my job just so I could keep leveling up the, the, the Pokemon. Pretty much. Well, hopefully you were you were there when it started. That way you can stair step how many you need to level cap. I don't well, I don't know how many is I out. Would have, or yeah. The only the only Pokemon I have ever played is Pokemon Red. Red and on, Blue. Those are the only on two the I've ever played. Original Game Boy. Yeah. There was a time, kid. Yes. Back when I it was black and black green. when it was well, there was green. only a hundred and fifty Pokemon, oh. and you needed both Red and Blue to get all hundred and fifty. And the Game Boy weighed ten pounds. Back in my day. No, it was only two, two pounds. Still, That's with the battery. And we only had two colors. And you had two colors. <laughs> yeah. Yep, puke green and black. Yep. And we yep. were grateful. We were grateful, especially when we had to jump on that bike mm-hmm. and go yeah. from Pokemon oh. from one city to the other. Yep. I never finished Pokemon. I did. I never did. I never got, I think I was stuck on like the seventh badge. I didn't know how to get into the gym. Yeah. I still have my level 99 uh, Mewtwo. Well, aren't you oh, wow. special? Oh, wow. Yep. And that, that, that is collecting dust as we speak. <laughs> I have never picked it up since. I don't even know where my stuff is. It's in the garage. All right. Well, All right, let's go one. to the next one. So, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which comes out in April. We are Ooh. mere weeks away. Uh, Josh Whedon himself has pretty much said the Winter Soldier is Avengers 1.5. Yay! And it looks like Avengers 1.5. And 1. It, 5. Roll, it will set up events to roll in to Avengers The Age of Ultron. So the events that happen in there will just basically roll Yay. into the next Avengers movie. Okay. So uh, definitely pay attention. There's going to be some very awesome uh, post sequences at the end of the credits, as always. Um, and the Age of Ultron is due to come out May 1st of 2015. So, ah, yes, I know it, it, it's a while away, but um, come on. Hey, just, if, if you want, Joe, we could just head up to the top of the mountains. I could bury you in snow. Yeah. Like right. like Cartman. Yeah. I'll freeze, I'll freeze myself. Yeah, freeze yourself. Cry, cry jungly, freeze yourself. Or, or just find a TARDIS. Yep. We could do that. <laughs> just find a TARDIS, jump to that day, watch the movie, come back, and then, hey, say, hey, I know what happened. Guess what? Spoilers! <laughs> but, <laughs> but wouldn't, by releasing the spoilers now, want make 
people want to change the... Maybe. Okay. But yeah, so, right. the, so Winter Soldier releases on April 4th. So we are less than two months away, folks. All right, next. Let's, All let's right. Let's run the next one. So you know the ending of uh, Harry Potter and Hermione and uh, Ron get together and Harry and... And Ginny. Send their Ginny. kids off. Ginny yeah. get together. J.K. Rowling is, is starting, the author of those, is starting to regret it, and actually says that she should have had Harry and Hermione get together. So even even there, Oops. even yep. there, J.K. Rowling is showing her hatred for gingers. So <laughs> I I think I think because of this, she should be uh, uh, she should be canonized. We need to make her saint, J.K. Rowling. Saint J.K. Rowling. Because she's. She's she's shown us so much. She's she's given so much to the world, and she's she's performed so many miracles, and she hates gingers, <laughs> which is like a prerequisite apparently. <laughs> that that's what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, the majority of this show is gingers. Yeah. Hey, hey, someone here has to be the voice of reason. Yeah, and that reason is me. Okay, and that is. Hey, you, okay. No more. Yeah, gingers are evil. Okay. Gingers, gingers don't deserve. Gingers don't deserve. Gingers don't deserve. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, my God! It's so cool. I couldn't even hear it. <laughs> I know. It was amazing. <sighs> no. All right. Anyways, okay. Next one. Moving on. Um, so not necessarily as important as the other two that, or other stories that were mentioned, but this week, um, one of my favorite games, Killer Instinct on the Xbox One, released this uh, released a new patch uh, back on Sunday, which introduced an interesting concept, which I, had, I don't think I've ever seen this before, but it's called Jail. So for all you rage quitters out there who like to, uh, to uh, disconnect just before your opponent can gain victory over you and then deny them the, you know, deny them the victory and avoid having a loss on your record well guess what happens now you get shut down into a crap server you have your gamer card revoked and replaced by a nice little bar thing that says jail and <laughs> and so all that all that money all that all those points that you were spending on like boosting up your yeah. your card to make yourself look awesome gone yet gone for you know gone but it's only for 24 hours but on top of that though you're only allowed to play other people who are in jail <laughs> so, ex- so expect to find yourself in a world of hurt, and each time you do it, and you the get time to... increases by 24 more hours. And you are subjugated to play with other a-holes just like you. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I, About I... <laughs> time Xbox does something good. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if this catches on. And so, like, a lot of games, like, uh, um, a lot of multiplayer games that feature, uh, like, PvP or even the fighting games that feature online play... What, can really learn a thing or two from this, just because it was like I I had to see what it looked like, and let me tell you that the, that was a miserable twenty four hours. Yeah. Because oh, wow. once you're relegated to a crap server, so it takes forever to find a a matchup, and even then your connection is uh, iffy. You know, you <laughs> might not get the full you might not get the full match. It might just automatically disconnect you. For the full 24 hours. And you got to think, the next, you know, and if you do it again, if you weren't smart enough to learn the first time, then you're stuck in there for 48 hours. And you do it again, it's 24 more hours up to a, ca- a cap of five days that you... I don't, 
I'm sorry? I call it Magnus, but I can see the issue being the people who have, like, slow internet or something, mm-hmm. and they disconnect. I mean, let's be real now. The small percentage that that happened to will be very ticked off. Yeah. And the majority of the people who actually, like, rage quit, I am for them going to jail. That's really awesome. But I feel really bad for the innocent players out there that get shut down. Yeah, there's probably going to be a small percentage of people who are probably going to get the yeah. really bad end of the stick. But you know what? Let's stick it to those who have tried to stick it to us in the past. So yep. way to go there, Double Helix Games. You finally figured it out. I could see Thank that uh, nice. going into a black hole, basically. People just constantly rage quitting on each other. Yep. yep. All right. Ah, good times. We're going to have to cut the new I short think... just because we're running out of time. Yep. Okay. Oh. Well, it's just so we can do the Epic Showdown. Yeah, we've got to Oh, get yeah. Okay. So, the Epic Showdown this evening is Han Solo So the, versus Malcolm Reynolds. Oh, this is the battle yeah. of the renegade captains. So, <laughs> heading up, heading up the fight for Han Solo is going to be Firebird. Yeah. And for Malcolm Reynolds, it's going to be which one's going to take it? Lagoon. All right. <laughs> you know nothing. You've got nothing on me. Bring it. All righty. So. All <laughs> that was crazy and creepy all at the wow. same time. You're welcome. Nice. All right. For those of you that don't know the rules of Epic Showdown, what we basically do is we put two uh, individuals from books, movies, TV, comics, or whatever, pop culture icons, put them against one another. Uh, so Firebird will be pretty much saying why, she, you know, answering questions as why her character should win, and Flagoon will be doing the same. And then ultimately, the decision is made by you guys. So after this is done, we'll post it up on Facebook. You'll make your votes there, and then we'll announce who wins next week. So with that said, vote for me. I don't have a coin. Who has a coin? You got a coin? Anyone got a coin? No, nope, I am fresh out of coins. I also, I also I've got a coin. coin. Oh, I got a coin. Oh, okay. right. so, I, I had a coin before you. Lagoon, call it. Tails. And it's heads. Ah. All right. So hey, Firebird's Firebird. going first. All right. So this. So you guys will be answering the question on why your character is smarter than the other character. Go, Fiber. Why my character is smarter than the other character. Because I'm honestly going to see who's going to pay me more before I make my decision. Because that's what I do. I'm, I'm greedy, and I'm all about me. So if you want to negotiate, throw some money at me. It might save your life. Eh, if not, I'll just pull out my blaster and shoot you. Case solved. <laughs> All right, and nice. Lagoon. So, Malcolm Reynolds is by far more superior intellectually than uh, than Han Solo. He he is calculating. He is planning. He is not afraid to go the extra mile to see a job or to see success. He will go that that extra far. He's not going to turn around and run away like a cowardly little piss pot that somebody else has done, he will do what needs to be done. He is stripped naked in the middle of the desert for a job. He has dressed in drag. He is, <laughs> he is so much more resourceful. He knows what to use in the, in the area around him. 
okay. to, you, to, to, to find victory. All right. Okay, second question. Okay, this one's going to be a little bit tougher. You're in the middle of a desert. You have two sticks, a rubber band, and a paper clip. How does your character defeat the other one? Go. All right, two sticks, a rubber band, and a paper clip. Let's see. I'm going to cross the sticks. I'm going to put the rubber band across both sticks. I'm going to get the paper clip, right? I'm going to pull back on the rubber band. I'm going to aim for a deadly point, like in the head area, right next to the eye. I'm going to let it go because I am an awesome shot. <laughs> Sling it, and he will die. Okay. Okay. I will kill you. And Malcolm Reynolds. So, what Malcolm Reynolds would do, he will take those uh, two sticks. He'll actually break one of those sticks into two pieces and bury them points up so that they, uh, to create a little bit of a tripwire. He will then direct Han Solo with the paperclip, making Han think that there's a danger in some sort of various area, causing him to trip himself on said tripwire. Whereas Malcolm will use the second stick and stab him in the jugular. Wow. <laughs> All right. <That> brutality. <laughs> okay, final question. We're down to the last one. Why should your character win over the other one? But there's there's a caveat here. You have no clothes, no weapons. Go. like a fiend to some cantina music. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that's why I would win because I would out dance him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to the cantina music. I have already explained. I have already explained that Malcolm Reynolds finished one of the greatest jobs, one of the greatest thieving jobs in the verse just standing in the middle of the desert naked, he would be easily be able to find victory just because of sheer awesomeness. While Han Solo is just dancing and being cool, Malcolm Reynolds is plotting his next step, which is most likely going to be you know, setting up some sort of caltrop and, and you know, letting Han, who is dancing like a fool, fall, uh, fall head first into you know, spikes of sort of nastiness. Okay. Well, you know, in the underworld, you got to have a little bit of entertainment because that's where all the scumbags go to meet. Okay, everyone. Those are the three questions. That's the debate. It's up to you to decide who will win. Will it be the dancing naked Han Solo? Or will it be the resourceful uh, Malcolm Reynolds that apparently stabs you with a stick in the jugular? Yes. <laughs> As it should be. So, he he uh, feels a little bit bad about it. It's yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll kind of slow him down a little bit, and then it'll just kind of snort and go back on his way. He'll have a moral dilemma for about 30 seconds and then say, hey, it, it was worth Oh, it. that was bad. Well, I'm still alive. Out. Okay. <laughs> and that's right. the depth of his character. Yes. <laughs> okay. With that said, uh, we're going to get this posted up on uh, our Facebook page. On the FUB. Yes, on the, food, the on, Facebook on page. The FB. And so then, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell your family, tell your family's friends that Malcolm Reynolds is by far the superior 
rogue captain than Han Solo. Hey now, traveling through hyperspace ain't like Dustin Crap's farm boy. Oh! <laughs> couldn't fly right through a star or bounce too close to a supernova. And that ended your trip real quick now, wouldn't it? Oh, snap. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Oh, wow. You went to a potion. That was a great comeback there. Touche. Touche. All right, we'll get this posted up, and then you guys can make your, your votes there. That was good. All right, so with that said, let's uh, do our la- our last drop, and then we will uh, move on to the Gamer Forge. So who's going to do the last one? Let's see. We already did, what, Amazon and... Amazon and Audible. So we need to be... Oh. NB Design, yeah. Yeah, so we need to be talking about NB Design Studios. So uh, contact Nate at NB Design Studios. You can find him on Facebook. Um, and have your new logo and or design put onto a t-shirt or bumper stickers or whatever else that you plan on doing for your company parties or, or for your own needs. Because who knows? I mean, everyone needs kind of a vinyl on the back of their window. So you just uh, find uh, NB Design Studios on Facebook or nbdesignstudios.com. Talk to Nate and he'll get you set up. Boom. And for those of you that haven't seen, our amazing logo is done by NB Design Studios. Yes. Yep. Nate uh, hooked us up. Let him hook you up, too. Yes. So... He, he took our vision and just made it better. All right. Onward to the Gamer Boy! We are moving forward. I am quickly putting together a little graphic for our for the Facebook page. Uh, should we just get right... Should I just start reading up the email since I got it right here in front of me? Uh, oh, oh, I can grab it. Just give me a second. I've got uh, it, too. Awesome. I got it done. Clang, 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 clang. Okay, how about you explain the Gamer Forge is? Sure. I post this real quick. So the Gamer Forge, uh, in a quick nutshell, is, well, let's face it, guys, everyone, guys Mm. and girls, I should say, let's be fair. Everyone out there who runs a game or played in a game, uh, whether it be Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Hero, Star Wars, Edge of the Empire, um, XDM, even XDM, even, you're going to run into some problems every once in a while. That's what we're here for. Just a Either call in at 626-226-1475 on the live show or just in, reach us at info at dungeoncrawlersradio.com and address it to the Gamer Forge and uh, ask, ask away and, uh, you know, please present it. Please be as succinct as possible. Keep it yes. under 100 words. So question, way, question, and then clarifying information. Yeah. It's the yeah, best it's, thing to do. I mean, it's like we love to hear your stories. That's great. And if you want to call in, you can tell the stories. It's awesome. But, you know, yeah, when it comes to better. Yeah. Yeah, but we're, I mean, what we're here for is to help you find some more solutions to your problems because sometimes the books just don't clarify enough. Nope. 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 All right, let's jump into the Gamer Forge. So, so our first question tonight. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Uh, I got to love technology. I can yeah. read it. Yeah, we've already all got this up, so. <laughs> yeah, we've all got it. It's right here. My all right. goodness. And you're lazy. Oh. oh! I think we may have to disconnect the intern from his cape. Oh. Wow, he turns off my mic because I talk the truth about gingers. <laughs> and I was disconnecting Chris. Hey, why not? I have the power. Well, right. I've also got the power of the server. Good point. So, the show can still go on without the server. No. Yeah, it's easy. Okay. All right, okay, so, Janice. Right then. Hello, Janice. I recently came upon a class named Deep Warren, Warden. It, ha- it has a great class feature. Stone Warden, beginning at level 2, a Deep Warden know- 
knows how to use his strength to compensate for his weaknesses. He adds his constitution bonus to AC instead of his dexterity, and if the, if the character's constitution bonus is higher, the Deep Warden loses his bonus to his armor class when he would normally be denied his dexterity bonus to armor class. In such a situation, the Deep Warden would still be considered flat-footed. Is this constitution bonus to AC limited by the armored uh, Deep Warden is wearing or just like a dexterity bonus would? Well, it says in the text that it's just replacing the uh, dexterity bonus. Yeah, so the Deep Wardens uh, obviously favor constitution and probably, I would imagine, wisdom or strength as their primary attributes, as their key attributes. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, replace constitution with dexterity for any and all scenarios. That's what I say. Okay. It doesn't say that it would be limited by any armor. Yeah, it just says that it's the constitution bonus to the AC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And hey. thank you for adding the uh, adding the actual spell information. That would uh, clarify things very easily. Yes. That that's how we like to see it. That is what we like, what we call the perfect email yeah. setup. <laughs> well, no, I like it. You know, very short, concise, and added the information we needed. To be honest. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. All right, but yes, use your use your constitution. Yes, yes. So let's jump over to the next email. All regular limits uh, still apply. Anyone else have any final things uh, to offer on that? No, I mean nope. it's succinct. Okay. Daryl writes in. What happens after I grapple as an attack of opportunity? Assume that my character has improved unarmed strike to threaten squares nearby and improved grapple to prevent getting uh, attacks of opportunities from grappling. Now an enemy provokes an attack of opportunity. Uh, rules of the game uh, state that attempting to grapple is an attack. So it can be done as an attack of opportunity. Thus, my character decides to grapple instead of just attacking. My character hits the melee touch attack, and now he can grapple the opponent. My question is, one, SRD states that holding by making a post-grapple check is actually a free action, which can be done only in my turn. Normally, this shouldn't be a problem, but since this isn't my turn, it means I cannot perform my opposed grapple check. Does this mean I cannot maintain grapple until I get to my turn, or should I disregard the free action thing? Two, if I succeed, if I successfully grab an opponent casting a spell with somatic components, uh, what happened to the spell? Or what happens to the spell? I know that spellcasters cannot start casting spells with somatic components, but what happens to the spell that was being cast? And three, this may be ridiculous, but can I grapple an opponent trying to grapple without improving? Uh, grapple as an attack of opportunity. Go. Ooh. <laughs> I know this one's kind of a. That was a, a lot. Question. That's kind of a three questions, not one. Yeah, that's it. It really is. Yep. So, uh, SRD states holding making grapple check is actually. Free. I'm glad we have it in text because we need to read this more than <laughs> once. Yes, I know. So, so the first one, I guess. So he's asking, since so he's making his grapple, he's doing a grapple as his attack of opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. But he's but he's asking then. So then, so then he's asking. He doesn't make his his opposed grapple check until his turn. Yeah, that's what he's because of how it's worded. Because it says free action has to be done in your turn. So he's wondering, does he have to wait till his turn to make the grapple check or? Is he allowed to do it at the point of the attack of opportunity? Because 
I mean, at least in my mind, I've always been told an attack of opportunity is a turn in itself. It's kind of small, a small window, but you can't perform a free action. Normally, you get an attack or something like that. So it, it with, gives you it gives you a chance for a free for yeah, one free for action. an action. Yeah, I figured you'd action. have to do a grapple check no matter what. Yeah, yeah. That and if you're if you're you know if that's your if that's your effect is to oh this uh, spellcaster is casting something I'm just gonna you know grab him and put his hands down. You're still gonna have to make a grapple check. Yeah, because to make well, sure you get your arms around him to get a hold of him. Yeah, because when it says grapple, it's always sort of assuming that you're going for this sort of like a bear hug maneuver. Yeah, um, that's why that just like uh, grapple leads to certain other uh, feats and attacks such as like trip, slam. Um, what's some of the other ones I can recall? There's was a trip, slam, pin, crush, and toss. And so they're all pretty broad, like, terms for what you're doing. Um, and you just sort of flavor it how you want. But a grapple is always just assumed to be, like, this sort of bear hug thing. So, I mean, I, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's what I always envisioned what the grapple is. Yeah. And so they make it as pretty, pretty broad and generic as they can. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would just say you would have to just roll as normally. Roll it as if it is your free uh, as as it is as, as if it is your turn, as dictated in the in the rules. Yeah, that makes most sense. You, know, you you made the touch attack. You made you you made contact. Now you have to see what that contact did. Did you get a good good uh, you know wrap around him? Yeah. Or was the guy able to shake free? Yep. Or slip out or whatever. So yeah, I would say disregard the right. Yeah. I would say disregard, disregard the free action thing. Yeah. Yeah. Disregard the free action thing. Get rid of that. Yeah, and just make a grapple check as normal. All so, right. as far as the second part of the question goes, uh, as far as spellcasters and somatic components, yeah, grapples. Um, it interrupts gra- it, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm I'm holding on to the back wano, and I've got the gem of power, and I'm almost got them together to to finish off my my fireball. And Joe wraps me up in a bear hug, and I smear the guano all over my arm, and I drop the gem. <laughs> yeah, my my spell casting is thwarted. Yep. One might say, and my is. components are used up. Yep. It, so provided, uh, provided, of course, a, I would say as long as they don't slip out of the uh, grapple, because if they if they break free of the grapple, I would I would say they're still free to cast their spell because it ultimately didn't affect you. The spell it did yeah. not affect the spellcasters. So. Yeah. But if they do succeed on the grapple check, then you're host. I mean, it's the spell fails and. You're you're out of luck for the next turn. Firebird, Chris, do you have any counterpost? Nope. No, I think it's pretty spot on. All right, straightforward right there. Yeah, I mean, yep. spellcasting, you have to be moving your arms, and your it's it's not just speaking something and something happens. Yeah, especially you're a priest. Correct, but priests are different. But arcane spellcasting. Yeah. You know, as far as you know, and even if you have objects. You're generally tracing patterns and doing things. So if someone grapples you, mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore. Yep. I mean, but well, I mean, a, 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 of course there are some feats and stuff like that that make it so you don't have to do those. But as long as you're having to physically do those somatic components and make those tracings, yeah, the grapple screws you up. Mm-hmm. Well, and we can even break this down and make it really easy, especially for the MMO gamers out there. Like, I was a healer. I was a druid in World of Warcraft. Oh, my gosh. I was I was pretty kicked bottom outside of myself here. Uh, if you go to do a spell and they hit you with something, your spell bar is gone. 
Yeah. Because it's called an interruption. They interrupted your spellcasting. You don't get to continue it. It's not going to happen. You got to start over. And if you're PvPing in a battleground, you better find something to hide behind and hope they don't catch you and that you have that mere few seconds to get your spell off, unless it's all instant. So, you know, even in the MMO world, you have that interruption. There is no more casting. Yeah. No, that's that's so exactly right. That perfectly applies. Yep. All right. That's a good so, visual. And then as yeah. far as the final one, the, did you answer that last uh, grapple? The, uh, grapple opponent without improved grapple as an attack of opportunity? I would say uh, no. No, I don't think I, you I should be able so. to make a grapple as, a, as yeah, an attack of opportunity not, if you're not proficient in yeah, grappling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're considered not proficient in yeah. Yeah, you could you could make the attempt, and the DM could be just be like, "All right, but you have, since you're not proficient in this, you get this minus, and yeah. have it be a huge minus." Yeah, because yeah. I suppose anyone can make a grapple check. Yeah, it's just, are you going to actually be able to? Yeah, are to you do it or not? Good at it. Yeah, yeah. are you good, good at it? Succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, as far as an attack of opportunity, yeah, you you have to be proficient in the weapon being used. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Okay, so let's you jump in the next one. You don't want to go up against a fear and noob. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do, brother? Especially if he's bathed yeah, in oil. If, if you're like Dane Cook, don't do it. Yeah. If you're Hulk Hogan, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, moving on. To uh, so email three, Carrie writes in, I recently started GMing for my D&D group, and it was my first time as a GM. My group often tries to rush through things before I can describe their environment. An example, running through a cave before I can say, there are three goblins blocking your path. I don't know uh, I guess how? how I should discourage them from rushing and interrupting ah. me so much. I brought it up to them, but they continue to do it. How should I discourage them from doing this? Have them run uh, into deadly traps that yeah, kill them. If they're going to rush through... then Just start th- rolling you know, big dice. Well, I, I think this is a really good one, because as you as a DM... Uh-oh, someone... Who'd we lose? We lost someone. I don't know. I'm still here. Okay. Oh, Firebird. Uh, Firebird, is there? Yeah, it's Firebird. We'll okay. keep going oh, on the show. So, basically, if they're not letting you just finish describing what's in the room or whatever, guess what? You, you, can, get, make you can make it as nasty or whatever you want it to be, and it's their fault. They tripped the trap. Yeah. Start rolling stuff. The the oh you you guys ran through the ceiling's falling right in front right on top of you or the sea or maybe it's collapsed behind them now they're stuck yeah um or you oh, know look, there's a lich king that happened to be standing behind you guys or there just happened to be a firebomb <laughs> trap or, or a lightning you're trap you're stuck at a door and you just start rolling rolling d20s and yeah. they're like what are you doing oh uh, well there's three goblins behind you and uh, they're all throwing their spears yeah. yeah well those things you walked past that you thought were goblins. Eh, it was an illusion. They're actually basilisks. You know, you, know you, could, you could really be mean and teach them a lesson. There's four Ambush. displacer beasts. Yeah. There's four, dis- four displacer beasts coming yeah. at you right now. Or, or, or even better, you know, there's mind flares in there. And that was an illusion. And now you have to deal with those. You know, if they're not giving you the courtesy to let you finish, then... Don't give them they're the courtesy asking. of letting them live. Yeah, they're asking for trouble. Now you may not have to, to let you know, you can you can let them live. You don't have to completely, you know, kill the entire party. But let it hurt. So that they learn a lesson. I, I, I know that's kinda harsh, but it it really is kind of a jerk move that they're doing. Yeah. 
I mean, you're taking time to write these adventures, taking time putting it together, and de- running the game. They should at least give you that courtesy. Although I will play devil's advocate on this one. Sure, go ahead. I usually always play devil's advocate. Make the descriptions, but make don't make the descriptions quick. Don't you know? It, it, there's one thing to tr- to paint a picture, but there's one thing to paint a mural. So maybe if you're you know you're describing the color of the stones and you're you know your main fo- their their main focus is just getting through. You enter into a cave and the the stones are dripping and you hear blah 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 blah. And then you know the end of it is oh and by the way there's three goblins. Yeah, you you've lost my attention and I just want to get through to point B. So you know you enter in a da- in a in a damp dark cave. There's three goblinoid cre- uh, creatures standing in your path. What do you do? So you're saying. So sort of, uh, I guess, accommodate that sort of short attention span? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say accommodate it, but anticipate it. Mm-hmm. And ex- That's fair. Expe- and, and respect that, you know, there's one thing to hearing a cool story and hearing a cool description of an area. There's another thing to experiencing the world itself and actually being a part of that. And as a person who's being a part of that world, I want to have... You know, a degree of control on this. And if you are taking all the time explaining this one small, minute corner of the world, yeah. I'm not going to pay attention. Okay. I'm so, so basically, do not, when you're describing a room, do not go Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does do not it, work. I promise do you, it, it does not work in a role playing game. You know, and maybe don't go to the other extreme of being so lighthearted like, you know, XDM, where it's very slim. Yeah, I mean, even though XDM is fun. Yeah. Um, put enough detail that you can kind of generally describe. But th- th- if they want to know everything in here, they have to ask. Yeah. You know, it could easily be, you're in a cave, you know, there's some lichen on the wall, and there's three goblins. Go ahead. Okay. So I've been kind of waiting on this one. Yeah. Okay. So if you're gonna, if you are gonna provide a description right there, there are prob- pretty much three key elements. If you gotta, if you want to do it quickly and effectively, it is uh, you're you're describing sight, smell, and uh, sound. So you, what do you see? What do you smell? What do you hear? And nice. if they ask more questions beyond that, great answer. Yeah. But those are the three key things that should be the answer yeah. to begin immersing someone in whatever narrative you're doing, because otherwise the world's not going to feel real, especially with the sense of smell, because that, that is the sense that is most keenly tied to memory. Yeah. And so it's just one to always remember. Nice. I'm going to jump in here, too. Sure. Yeah. Um, I agree with what everyone's been saying so far. Um, I'm going to take this from a different standpoint, as I usually do. Uh, you also have to gauge your group. Um, in the realm that I come from, if, you have, if you're in a five-man and you're in a dungeon and you're in a 40-man raid or whatever it is that you're doing, if one person starts the motion at the boss, if one person starts, if one person pulls, it's in motion. There's nothing that you can do to stop that. And unless you have a really good group, they're probably going to wipe and die. Now, D&D realm, you don't get to go to the graveyard and you don't get to rest and come back and try it again. Mm-hmm. So, if they're a new group, it's something that they're going to have to learn, and they might as well learn it early on, you know, to get their gaming skills fine and get them down and have them understand the mechanics of the game. Um, 
you being a new GM, you also are going to have to not be such as fluffy. If you're fluffy, cut it down some and make it flow, make it move. Um, if it's a time restraint they're worried about, then you need to gauge how far, you know, if people have an hour to play, how far you're going to get in the game so that they don't feel like rushing to the end to get to the storyline to get the treasure because that's normally yeah. not how the game works. Um, so if they start a motion, um, unfortunately, as the, the DM, you can't say, hey, man, you, you totally screwed that up. You shouldn't have did that. You know, you have yeah. to stay silent, and you continue with the motion, and you continue with the goblins, you can continue with the horde. It doesn't quite matter because they've put themselves in that position. Hey, yeah, I mean, oh, another thing. describing that, I just think of uh, Kilroy Jenkins or Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Don't be, don't be Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. So, one thing you could do is, yeah, they're they're doing a mad sprint to the end of this thing, yeah. the end of this hall. They get to the end of the hall. They get to the dragon, and the dragon starts attacking them. Oh yeah, and by the way, you know, fifteen goblins, four or, uh, uh, orcs, and uh, five ogres. Yeah, uh, all those things that were in the right behind, behind those you. doors you just ran past. Yeah. guess what? They're behind you. Yeah, now, You're now you've got to fight with yeah. a dragon and a freaking horde. Well, I mean, it, it, good luck. It kind of comes down to you know basic laws of physics. Every action has an equal and actual reaction. That's right. If they're running down. There's a consequence or an action that's going to appear. So just keep that in mind. And even as a new GM, I know you want to kind of make them happy, but don't be afraid. Yeah. So. Don't right, let right. them fast forward because right. in instances, they're all going to follow you, and there's no way to escape everything that you just pulled. All right, so we do have one more Good left, point. but we do not have time for it. So Jeremy, Joe is going to answer that on our, our Epic uh, or our Gamer Forge post. Well, um, all right. Yeah, I, this is pretty because simple. You twist my arm, I, and it's a really good one. And and I hate not being able to say it, you know, give it time on air. But I, I'm thinking maybe we'll try to at least if there's one left over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially this one. this one's easy. It's it's a bone throw, so you can uh, definitely uh, write it up and check on our website, uh, dungeoncrawlers.com. Check out the the Gamer Forge post for the answer to your question. Yeah. So, so uh, I. The real quick one, Jeremy Ainsworth, who wrote in for this question. Yeah, go ahead. Y- yes. That, that was my answer. Oh. Of course, the, uh, the, the answer that will appear on the website will be probably much funnier than that. But and longer. And longer. All right. <laughs> All right. With that said, we have two minutes left. Check. Tune in next week. Uh, we'll have a, a really exciting, great, fun show for yeah, you. We will be live at LTUE. We will. Oh, so, that's like next Thursday. It is. It is, it is next Thursday. It is so, just around the corner. We'll have Gunmetal Games on the show talking about their new interfa- uh, Zero Interface 2.0 game. It is a cyberpunk game. So we haven't Ooh. had one of those on the show before, so this will be fun to talk about. Uh, not only that, I can guarantee we will have people jumping in and sitting on the show Joe's going to be disappearing for an hour because he's got a panel during our show. We may have a special guest host appear and jump in on the show. Who knows? Michael oh, I'm going to jump in on the show. Oh, wait, I'm not a special guest. Well, yeah. are, you're not and coming you're to the show? Special, so. No, I am. You're all right. Special, all right. So, so Chris, <laughs> check out the Gamer Girl segment. Yes. 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 We'll be tuning in. Uh, yeah, we'll be, be showing sure up. to check our, uh, our Google, our uh, Twitter, and our uh, Facebook page for any updates. Be sure to download our archives on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blog Talk at our website as well. And we thank you all for joining us. And the votes are already coming in. Brian Metz just said, Han shot first. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, keep the votes coming in. We'll tell you next week who wins. And uh, as always, stay tuned. Like I said, our shows are always, you can download us on iTunes, Stitcher, go to Block Talk Radio. You can always check us out. That's right. And many other places. And uh, who knows, maybe soon iHeartRadio. That would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you at LTUE, folks. Until next time, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And please, 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 please get more from your games. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I expect to be well paid, and I'm in it for the money. <laughs> All right, we'll oh, catch you no, next week. Oh, that was a good idea.